This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. What we will be doing, though, is uh, assisting the small brewers in this province to uh, uh, diversify, to get better, to uh, ensure that they uh, produce the best product with the, the best uh, ingredients possible. That was Finance Minister Joe Sisi uh, speaking yesterday at uh, the Village Brewery here in Calgary. By the way, welcome uh, to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you. I I don't know what that that statement means. Now, the announcement yesterday is that the government is going to start giving money directly to Alberta small breweries, a grant program. I think call that a subsidy. Government gives money to, to private industry. And it's intended to offset the impact of the pretty substantial tax increase from earlier this month. Remember, some small breweries were paying as little as 10 cents a liter markup rate. That markup rate jumped all the way uh, so that the highest rate applied across the board, $1.25 per liter. So if the government takes money out of one pocket and then puts it back in the other pocket, you're basically right back where you started. So I'm puzzled as to where all this additional capacity to do all these things is is going to come from. And maybe the cabinet is so trained in buzzwords that they just throw them out all the time. What does he mean that that brewers are going to diversify? If you're a brewer, your your focus is pretty narrow. You brew beer. You start making shoes? I don't understand what he means by diversify. But that's where we're at now. I don't think we've heard the last of this because, remember, the reason why the government had to reverse course is because Steam Whistle, an Ontario brewery, won an injunction arguing that the favorable tax rates for Alberta brewers and, and I guess, by extension, Saskatchewan and B.C. brewers was unconstitutional as it pertains to the rules around interprovincial trade. So the government thinks that just by putting the same tax rate across the board but giving money to Alberta breweries as a way around this, I'm not necessarily sure they're on constitutional footing here. Because some see that as basically a a backdoor way into uh, a lower tax rate. But here's the thing. We'll hear from the Alberta Small Brewers Association later in this hour. But just by their own numbers, Alberta went from 19 breweries in 2014 to over 40. Now, with 10 or 12 uh, inactive development. That didn't happen because the government tinkered with... The, the markup rate, and it didn't happen because governments subsidized breweries. Because governments got out of the way. And we did away with a lot of stupid and pointless regulations. So what is this going to accomplish? Anyway, joining us uh, for some thoughts is the uh, Wild Rose Shadow Finance Minister, Derek Fildebrand, joining us uh, here today. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Rob. Thanks for having me. Okay, wh- what do you make of all of this, the, the series of announcements uh, culminating with, with yesterday's? Well, I think you teed it up pretty well. Uh, I, I was surprised to hear the word diversify. I, I think, it, you know, they make beer. Uh, right. <laughs> maybe it means if you're making a lager, you'll also make pilsners and wheat ales. I, I'm okay. not sure. But uh, I, I, it, it, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we want to see, uh, you know, brewing encouraged in Alberta. We, Alberta does make some of the, the best beers around the world. I'm, I'm partial to, to Munich beers and Alberta beers. They're, they're my two favorites. But... Uh, Myself, like many Albertans, choose to support Alberta brewers with our own money, not because the government has told us uh, we need to do so and putting up effective tariff barriers for it. So 
you know, this is this has been a fight that's been a couple of years in the making. Um, you know, former Deputy Premier uh, Thomas Lukasik uh, about three years ago talked about bringing in effective tariff barriers against uh, small and medium-sized brewers uh, who brew outside of Alberta, and uh, and there was a bit of a backlash to that, and they dropped it. And last fall, uh, the government moved forward with that, what effectively amounted to a tariff barrier against uh, beers uh, brewed outside of uh, Alberta, BC, and uh, Saskatchewan, and that ultimately proved unconstitutional. Um, you know, our, our brewers have a, a legitimate uh, beef when they say that they have a hard time selling into other provinces because uh, Alberta has the most open market. We don't have a government-controlled uh, liquor and beer system, um, so anybody can sell here. But uh, all the other provinces, to varying degrees, have more restrictive systems, and it's therefore harder for Albertans to sell into those markets. And and and, and they're they're quite right when they point that out. But where we go wrong is where we say two wrongs make a right. Where well, they're protecting their market. Uh, therefore, we need to have protectionism too. But lost in this whole conversation is the consumer. Consumers don't have a lobbying group. There's no there's no beer drinkers association, uh, at least officially that I'm aware of, and and they don't get to lobby the government. Um, what this is going to do is penalize uh, Albertan beer consumers who decide, um, hey, I want to drink a steam whistle or I want to drink an innocent gun, uh, beers that are. Uh, come from relatively small or medium-sized breweries, but are from outside of Alberta, they will be penalized with an effective tariff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I I don't blame the brewers for uh, accepting a subsidy here. I mean, they've just had uh, tax increases, in some cases by by more than 700%, depending on how small or or large you are. So I don't blame them for wanting to, to be made whole by accepting the subsidy here. But, you know, this is just the classic NDP play. We destroy the tax advantage that we had before, and we replace it with corporate welfare handouts. They would rather businesses be directly reliant upon and dependent upon the government than being able to stand on their own two feet. Um, you know, last fall they did make one very good move, and there were some changes around uh, incentivizing small breweries to grow to medium-sized breweries and medium to large. So that there were some good moves made in the fall, and it's rather yeah. complicated. But o- overall, what we've seen here is uh, is a huge step backwards and and blatant protectionism that's going to hurt consumers. Right, and I think what you're pointing out in October, and they, they took away some of those, what they were called cliffs, right, where you'd hit a certain production level, and all of a sudden your taxes would jump substantially. They It was, it was, a, it was a, frank, almost a medieval policy, where if you, if you went from, say, a small brewer to a medium-sized brewer, uh, all of the beer you produced at the earlier levels would be retroactively taxed at the higher rate. So there was a huge disincentive to growing your brewery in Alberta. That, you know, we've got to give credit where credit's due. That was something we've been advocating for for a long time, and the NDP did it. So that, that was good. But where they went wrong is where they tried to penalize anybody else from bringing their beer into Alberta. And it's ridiculous that, you know, we live in a country, you know, we, we complain about our uh, having a hard time trying to sell our oil across other borders. Well, maybe we need to build a pipeline bringing beer here and oil to the east. You know, I mean, we're one country. We should be able to sell our products across our borders without trying to negotiate uh, like we're different countries. 
We, it seems like we've created another cliff here because this subsidy applies. Now, I mean, 300,000 hectoliters is, is pretty big. Uh, that, that encompasses even bigger players like, like Big Rock. They would still fall under that. But that's quite a substantial cliff to go off of that uh, if you're right under 300,000 hectoliters, you're getting a check each month from the government. As soon as you go over that, those subsidies dry up immediately, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah. Again, yeah. It's uh, it's well described as a cliff. That's a disincentive to growth. If you're, if you're going to have some kind of program to help your small brewers, and I, and I personally think it's better just to have uh, a low tax environment for your small brewers rather than uh, raising taxes on everybody and giving them a subsidy, which effectively constitutes a tariff. Um, what they're doing here is saying, yeah, if you get to that maximum level, you're going to be taxed the whole level as soon as you go above it. Well, you know, if we're to take into, you know if you want to incentivize growth, what you say is no matter where the beer is produced uh, and no matter how much you produce, everything below this level will be taxed at this level and, if it, and all the beer produced after another level will be taxed at a different level. That way you would get rid of the huge disincentive to grow your breweries. I mean, I'd like to see, you know, Village become, uh, I'd like to see our small brewers become medium brewers and our medium brewers become big brewers who are exporting across uh, Canada and across uh, North America, mm-hmm. you know. Um, of course, we we all like the idea and the sound of small and medium-sized brewers, but ideally, uh, a successful business, you know, medium-sized business will often become a big business, and that's good for us. That's good for our tax base. Is it is it immediately clear, Derek, how much? additional revenue the government is still going to pocket as a result of these changes. I mean, it's, you know, there, there's a long tradition, unfortunately, of governments relying on these so-called sin taxes uh, right. to, to fund spending. And, I mean, the, the last Prentice budget raised these markups. Uh, the NDP right. have raised them even more. Um, well, we're, they haven't gotten into the details of the subsidy program yet. So it's going to be the net of the higher taxes, and uh, and the grants going out. Right. Um, the estimates we've seen are between thirty-five to twenty million dollars more in the government's pocket. But guess who pays for that? That that money is coming directly from beer drinkers. That's right. going to come from uh, beer sold Alberta. in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's going to be beer sold in Alberta. So that is going to be the government. In addition to all the other beer taxes that they've already brought in in several different budgets uh, and several different governments now in a row. Um, that's going to be paid for by consumers. And it's a regressive tax because, you know, when I go to a pub in Strathmore, um, the people in that pub uh, who are lower income are going to pay the same tax on their beer as someone who is, who, who's rich. You're going to pay the exact same amount on that. And it's, it's regressive. It disproportionately hurts people with lower incomes. And, and frankly, I, I don't know why people should be penalized for, for their life choices if it's not hurting anybody else. I mean, it's, we need to start treating people like adults again in this province and in this country. And I don't think that um, it's a sin to drink an imported beer uh, any more than it is to drink an Albertan beer. And again, we, we, Albertan breweries brew some amazing beers. You yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, of, course, of course, Wild Rose is one of my favorites. But, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty good. I have to plug that one in. But, you know, we support these things uh, as our own individual choices as consumers. We don't need the government to tell us what, uh, what beer is good and what beer is bad. And does it also seem that this is I don't get the sense in any way that this is temporary. It's not as though, you know, we've got a target that we need to get to 60 breweries and then we don't need this anymore. This seems as though this is going to exist in perpetuity or at least until uh, another government comes along. Uh, well, another government or 
if perhaps the courts. I, you know, I, I can't say yeah, how maybe. solid a constitutional or legal ground this is on, uh, but it, it very well also might not stand uh, legal tests. I wouldn't be surprised if it faces legal challenges. I mean, you know, one of the, one of the common themes of the NDP, uh, you know, we're getting for all sorts of things here. I'm not going to open the bag too far, but be it power purchase agreements or, or uh, the uh, beer tax regime is, they're, they're governing by bouncing off the rails here. I mean, this is about our third beer tax system that we're operating under in a year. I mean, uh, the last Prentice budget increased uh, beer taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, the fall budget uh, brought in the tariff. Uh, that tariff turned out to be uh, unconstitutional. And uh, now we're onto this system. And this system may or may not uh, withstand a constitutional or legal challenge. It, B- businesses, no, our, our breweries want to work cooperatively with the government, and, and they should do that, and we don't blame them for that whatsoever. But uh, they also probably want some certainty in the marketplace, and the government is bouncing off the rails here. And if we want our brewers to succeed, we need to give them a system that is good for brewers in Alberta here, that is fair to consumers and doesn't penalize consumer choice, but that is also on solid legal and constitutional ground is not going to face likely trade challenges. Um, I don't know what Steam Whistle is going to do, but Steam Whistle would be on pretty solid grounds, uh, at least in my own view, to, to want to challenge a system like this. I don't think it is a sin for Albertans to drink uh, a Steam Whistle beer over any other beer. All right, well, we'll see what happens uh, next. I'm sure we're not at the last of this. Derek, thanks for making some time for us here. Appreciate this. I appreciate it. Cheers. All right. Derek Fildebrandt, uh, Waldrose Shadow Finance Minister, responding to the finance minister's announcements ye- yesterday of the subsidies. After 1.30, uh, Terry Rock will uh, join us in studio, Executive Director of the Alberta Small Brewers Association. I do want to hear his side of it, how this is going to help the industry. I'm, I'm a little puzzled because I don't see how the industry is better off because of the substantial markup increase and now the subsidy. At best, it seems like a wash. And you're back to where you were. Uh, I agree. I think Alberta's got some some fantastic beer. And the fact that we're now at 40 and counting breweries in Alberta is compared to under 20 a couple of years ago. I think that's tremendous. Now, BC is, is way ahead of us. And we've been playing catch up with BC for some time. And there are a variety of reasons for that. I think we've dealt with some of those rules already. The big one was the minimum capacity restriction, which never made any sense. It was a tremendous barrier to, to small breweries starting out. You had to be at a certain level of production before you could even open as a brewery. You know, we talked to the guys from Toolshed as one example. They started out. They wanted to be a brewery. They, they weren't even allowed to open in Alberta. They had to use space in B.C. and bring their beer back into Alberta until that, that rule changed. So those kinds of rule changes seem to be what unleashed this growth in, in small brewing in Alberta. I don't think we've let that run its course, right? We've just kind of decided that, oh, well, uh, we've maxed that out, time for something new. I don't think that's the case at all. And it was just recently, as a matter of fact, just a couple of months ago, the Calgary City Council made some changes regarding zoning and regulation around brew pubs. We haven't even waited to see what kind of effect that's going to have. That's how Portland did it, right? We all want to be like Portland, apparently. Portland, Oregon is the craft brew mecca. They've got like 70 or 80 breweries right in Portland. But how did Portland do it? Portland didn't do it by increasing tariffs. Portland didn't do it by increasing taxes. They didn't do it through protectionist policies. They didn't do it through subsidies. They just did away with these stupid kind of laws that prohibit brew pubs. 
and kind of unleashed it from there. But the other question, I mean, does the culture exist in Alberta? And how do you create that culture, that demand? There's got to be the demand. Right? Government can subsidize you till the cows come home, but if there's not a demand for your product, it's not going to work. And obviously there are breweries in Alberta that are doing well. But is there, you know, you look at BC, right? It almost seems to be more of like a hipster culture in BC where the buy local kind of marketing might have more resonance. I don't know. You almost get the sense in, in Alberta that, you know, people like their butt or they, you know, they don't really care where it comes from. They just want a decent straight up beer and they want it for a good price. And these other things maybe don't matter as much here. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know how you'd measure that in the first place. But is there a demand for the product? There was no mention yesterday of consumers, no mention yesterday of prices. But if you're in the business of selling stuff to people, that you can't overlook that. If people aren't buying your stuff, then you're doomed. Whether you make beer or pizza or whatever. Are we making it more accessible? Is beer more expensive or less expensive than it was a year ago? Right? I think the answer is obvious. How is that helping these businesses? The price is a barrier. And there was no mention of price yesterday. I think ostensibly these changes are meant to give breweries a, a competitive advantage in that sense. If beer from outside of Alberta is uh, more expensive because they don't get these subsidies. Look, if all of a sudden you walk into the beer store and the stuff made in Alberta is $5 cheaper for a case or $5 cheaper for a six-pack, that's what people are going to buy. They're going to be lining up to buy it. But I don't know that that's going to be the end result. Look, it just seems to me that every step along the way here, the NDP has been trying to raise taxes on somebody somehow. Why did we need 125, for example, as the across-the-board rate? The highest markup rate in B.C., by comparison, is only $1.08 per liter. So it's 125 in Alberta. The top rate in Saskatchewan goes all the way up to 199 a liter. And they have a 10% liquor consumption tax in Saskatchewan. Uh, let's go to the phone. So your thoughts on all of this. Pat is on the line first here. Hey, Pat. Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, I was just listening to you on the radio. I stopped at the liquor store there, mm-hmm. and I picked up two two-fours of Alberta Genuine Draft, decent beer, made here in town. Oh, yes. Two boxes of beer cost me 61 bucks, and that's going right back into the pockets of guys doing work here in the province and in the city. So I'm pretty pumped about that, and it's good beer. That was, uh, you got two, so you got 48 beers for 60 bucks, basically. Pretty well, yeah, with deposit included, too. Well, that is pretty good. Now, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big rock product, the Alberta, Alberta Genuine Draft, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, nice score. Appreciate it, Pat. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, yeah, AGD, as, as it's known, I think that was meant to be uh, Big Rock's own kind of entry into the, I don't know how to put it, sort of the mainstream beer category. You know, for people who don't like the ales or the IPAs or, or the stouts, all of that kind of stuff, just a, a straight up, good old fashioned, just kind of plain beer. Um, and they could certainly compete price wise. And yeah, it's, it's pretty decent. Uh, Big Rock also, by the way, makes the the co-op brand beer, like the co-op gold and the co-op light. Uh, that's made by Big Rock, too. Uh, yeah, all right. So there you go. That's that's not a bad deal. Um, Ed's on the line next here. Ed, go ahead. 
Yeah, I just wanted to say I was at the press conference yesterday, and uh, I'm not sure I just tuned in, but you didn't highlight. Did you highlight the fact that 10 to 15 new breweries are going to be opening, and there's supposed to be at least uh, 12 or uh, a few hundred jobs created, and all the money is going to be paid out each month as a grant too. So it's not all gloom and doom, and the money's staying in Alberta. Well, but the, here's the thing, Ed, because all those new breweries you're talking about that was already in the works before the government did anything. Yeah, I know, but all the money is still going to help them. So a dollar twenty-five every time somebody buys an Alberta beer, it stays here. Okay, every but time how they do... buy an out-of-province beer, they get penalized because they're selling it here in B- from BC in Saskatchewan cheaper than what they're buy- selling it for in, uh, in their province. So they're screwing us. Okay, but they, they've always they always pay the markup rate. If you sell beer in Alberta, you pay the markup rate in Alberta. But what I'm curious, I'm curious how breweries are, are further ahead because they got to pay now. Some jump from ten or twenty or thirty cents a liter on the markup to a dollar twenty-five on the markup, so they're paying way more, and they're getting a bit back in a grant. How are they further yeah, ahead? But they're up to, they're allowed to get up to twelve million dollars per year back in a grant, which is really good for a microbrewery when they're first starting. Yeah, but they're out of pocket that money in the first place, so it's a wash in the end, isn't it? How are they out of pocket? It's the taxpayer that's paying for it. It's not the brewery that's paying the dollar twenty-five. The brewer, the brewers, got to pay the markup. Yes, and that goes into the price. I guess we all end up paying it in the end. Um, but why would the brewers care what the markup rate is if they're not the ones paying it? Of course, they care what it is, and of course, that's a big jump for them. And if there weren't these grants, you don't think they'd be out of pocket for going from ten cents a liter to a dollar twenty-five a liter? And it's also putting that at a better par with the other provinces that are selling their product here cheaper for than what they're selling it for in BC. They're selling it cheaper here than they're selling it for in BC. Yes, uh, I believe it's, uh, I forget the name of the S, uh, they make the honey ale uh, in BC. They actually sell it cheaper in Alberta than what they're selling it for in, in BC. Okay. Well, and that may have to do with the what the old markup rates were. And BC did get those favorable rates, as Thank did uh, Saskatchewan Brewers. I'd appreciate the phone call. Um, so we'll get some clarification uh, on that coming up after one thirty, because that's my big question. When you jack up the markup rate, what's the impact on, on the brewers? And then does this grant more than offset that? And is it going to mean cheaper prices? If Alberta brewers get that grant and out-of-province brewers don't, What's the, then the, the comparative advantage that Alberta brewers have? How does that increase your market share? How does that increase your sales? Uh, Terry Rock from the Alberta Small Brewers Association will join us in a few minutes. And, uh, of course, he was there for the announcement yesterday, too. I will have more time for your calls as well at 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. And we're back. Rob Breckenridge with you here on this Friday afternoon. I want to keep this conversation going to talk a bit about the announcement yesterday, what it means in practice, uh, and where things are at with the Alberta brewing market. Uh, certainly, I, I think things have been going in the right direction. You look at uh, where we're at now versus two years ago, but how do we advance even further? Joining us in studio, Terry Rock, Executive Director of the Alberta Small Brewers Association. Uh, Terry, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we've had two announcements kind of close back-to-back here. The change in the markup rates was $1.25 a litre across the board. Now, yesterday, the announcement of this grant or subsidy program, whatever you want to call it. So where does that leave Alberta Brewers? Well, now after the all the details are known, um, we appear to be no worse off than we were before the change. Um, and, uh, in fact, better off in, the, in that... Um, 
you know, there's some acknowledgement that Alberta has a unique system in the Canadian market and that the competition here is the most intense it is in Canada for beer. And uh, we've been making submissions to the government. If they want to grow a brewing industry, then they need to pay attention to that somehow. And this is a solution they've come up with. But how does it grow the market, though? Or how does it grow the market share for Alberta brewers? Well, the grant is going to allow the brewers to do a number of things. They can uh, they can adjust their price if they want. Uh, they can in- invest differently. There's a lot of different things they can do. Um, and it's going to allow them to compete in a way on a level playing field with, uh, with breweries that are based in markets that are protected and that promote their local industry that we have never had until now. What, what do other provinces do? I know they... You know, they do a good job of keeping Alberta beer out of their provinces, but what do they do to promote their local industries? There's a few things they do. Uh, A place like Nova Scotia gives a a discount on the markup rate, which is what Alberta tried, and Alberta got in in some trouble for that. I don't know why Nova Scotia and Quebec both have these systems. Uh, Ontario um, imparts extra fees on beer that comes from other places uh, so that you basically have extra costs there, plus massive fees to even get listed. Saskatchewan has a board that um, that you know basically uh, has a tasting panel and decides what gets on the shelves. Pretty arbitrary. Correct. That's BC too, basically. Uh, yeah, right? and the other thing they do is some is a lot more subtle. So they they'll have a really tight listing system, but then they'll say uh, if your store is within a hundred kilometers of a brewery, then uh, you can just list that. You, there's no listing process, and you just sell that beer. So the local stores uh, can sell the local beer with no listing process. Uh, so they have that kind of access. Um, so there's a number of different tools, complex tools that are used to promote the local industry. Grants as, as well. Ontario, um, you know, Steam Whistle um, in their expansion across Canada received uh, some serious grants from the government of Ontario. Um, and their next market out of Ontario was Alberta because we're the right. best place to sell beer in Canada. Well, it is open, right? You, you fill out the paperwork and you can sell your beer here. That's right. But the point about price, I mean, I, I didn't really hear the, the minister talk much about price yesterday, but if, you know, like if all breweries pay the same rate, but Alberta breweries have the benefit of getting this grant, if not price, then what? What is the, the comparative advantage you would now have? Well, dollars to invest in, in new technology, new equipment to expand faster, to market. Um, um, but, you know, being able to be competitive on the shelf from, from price is... Is there? I think it's important for people to understand that Alberta actually has uh, some of the, you know, the latest thing I saw uh, was a national comparison, and Alberta was the third lowest uh, retail price for a 24 pack of main um, mainstream macro beer. Um, it doesn't matter if your if your uh, six pack costs you 12 bucks. Uh, for the past year and a half, two years, there's been a two dollar and fifty cent markup in that. It doesn't matter if you and if your six pack costs you twenty four bucks. There's been a two dollar and fifty cent uh, markup in there, and and so a lot of these the price dynamics that we see in Alberta are due to factors that are not at all related to well, this governments. Chain I think have change. long been addicted to what they call sin taxes, and and beer is one of those easy targets. Sure. It's been a revenue source for government. Sure, but it, it, it isn't outrageous. Like, that's, I think, what people need okay. to understand is that it, it's actually not outrageous. But this it, would be a big jump. Up? Yeah. This would be a big well, jump if for If it weren't certain... for the grants, let's Correct. say the, the grants weren't going to happen. So for a small brewer to go from, say, the previous lowest rate, 10 cents on yeah. a liter, to $1.25 yeah. on yeah. a liter, right. that would be... 
that's a big jump. That would be a big jump. Correct. Your your pint, you know, that you're drinking has a five cent markup in it. Now it's got a fifty six cent markup in it, or whatever. And it's like I suppose the end result is that consumers pay that. It's it's going to end up being reflected in the price, but it has a, a big impact on on the brewer. So let's distinguish between Alberta and others. So the Alberta brewers um, will have the ability now to. Um, to adjust their price to take in, into account the fact that they, they have this grant coming. Right. Um, brewers from Alberta, uh, sorry, Saskatchewan and British Columbia um, are going to have to either absorb it themselves, and we know that they've been coming in with very aggressive pricing into Alberta. Uh, definitely, I believe you had a caller talking about uh, about the dumping issue, and there is a dumping issue. People are selling beer at, uh, say, two-thirds the price that it they would BC sell brewers? in BC. Some, but yeah, but it's it's a common practice. It's Alberta often gets uh, beer that's close to expiry um, and other kinds of things like that, 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 you know, and, and then it's not, mar- not serviced in our market. So there's a lot of pros, a lot of choice, but there are some negatives. And you talk to the real serious beer guys, they have had uh, trouble with expired beer in Alberta. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And so now, so who's, who's really, if the, pr- if we're talking about maybe say three to 5% of the beers on, on the market right now, that will be um, dealing with this increased markup um, in a way that they don't have grant relief uh, to deal with. So it's a quite a small amount. Now, when they put the, the markup up in, in October, um, more were affected then. Um, but we're, we've basically, you know, that's already settled out into the market. So Okay, so if, if it's not a price issue or if it's not a noticeable price difference, what else can Alberta brewers do to, to gain that market share? And, you know, the one thing I've noticed, for example, and I, I'm wondering why you guys don't lean on, on the liquor stores a little more, because to most people, you walk into a liquor store, it's not obvious what's from Alberta. Yeah. And, you and, know, and it doesn't mean asking for more shelf space, but at least to just let people know, hey, here's, here's we, the Alberta beers. So I'll, I'll say this. We've been in, in 2014, there were 19 breweries in Alberta. Now there are approximately 40 uh, I'm aware of, of a dozen to 20 that are in the planning stages right now. I got a call this morning from someone that I had, didn't know before. This is a weekly thing for me now. Yeah. Um, and so we've got tens of millions of new uh, dollars of investment coming in, new jobs being created. And we now have, um, you know, I know a lot of people who are religious BC beer drinkers when there are just as good, if not better, Alberta beer options. Mm-hmm. So the cons- we need, as an industry, now that we're growing so fast, to do some work to talk to the consumer about their local choices. And at this point, right now, it doesn't matter where you live in Alberta. Within 100K of you, you've got a brewery that will serve you fantastic beer made from Alberta barley. So there is some work we need to do. We're talking to the Alberta Liquor Store Association about some things. We've got Alberta Beer Week coming up September 23rd to October 1st. Um, and we're going to get out there and start telling the story. Yeah, which is, yeah, I, I think, and that's important, right? You need, you need to have that awareness. Yeah, and it's important. I think the other thing is that I want to say that, that, that the changes in the past two, year and a half, two years, that have been made to, uh, to the way we treat craft brewing in Alberta has actually unleashed it as an entrepreneurial option. In the part, in the region of Canada, that, may, that uh, grows the best barley in the world. It's now a kind of thing where entrepreneurs are saying, okay, I'm going to put my own money into this industry. And they really weren't a few, just a few years ago. But, but what's interesting, though, is that that breakthrough happened 
even before the government started tinkering with the, the markup? Not rates? really, not really. It was it was starting to happen, but it was slow. And uh, when you're looking at a business plan and you're facing the level of... like, So if you compare starting a brewery here with 4,000 units on the shelf available to go on the shelf to BC with 800 to Saskatchewan with four to 500. Why, why would you start in Alberta? Why not start in one of those protected markets? You couldn't even start here. You couldn't even start here before because we had the 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 minimum minimum capacity. capacity. That seemed to be the big one. Yeah. So, so put that into more context is, you know, I would say right now we're underbuilt as an industry. If it had been left to grow at its own, at its own uh, pace, we're probably underbuilt two and a half to three times. Um, especially when you consider the raw resources we have here, the entrepreneurial spirit, um, it's really interesting that it hasn't, it hadn't caught hold. So the steps we're taking right now give us an opportunity to build this industry to a level that will attach to Alberta. I call it a potential future signature industry, where you're visiting Alberta on your list of things to do is to go to an Alberta brewery. We're not there yet, but we can be. Well, but just going to a brewery. I mean, if you're just looking at guys on a factory line putting the lids on yeah, bottles, that's, that's not it. That's not experience. That, but it's got to be the brew pub experience. Brew and that's pub been another hurdle, how hard room. it is. Even Taste. in Calgary, there are rules yes. around brew pub. Yes, so that's an ongoing conversation. That's something that uh, when I look at, just think about craft beverage processing. We've got now, we're, you know, we're on the verge of being a real interesting whiskey location. Oh, yeah? It's in barrels. It's not out yet. Uh, we've got the craft winery, uh, the craft, um, the craft distillers. We've also got the estate wineries, the meaderies. These are all things, and and of course the breweries. These are all things that are that should attach to Alberta. Um, the Alberta Culinary Tourism Alliance has just put out something called the Sippin Alberta Trail. So all the visitor visitor centers across Alberta now are going to have this little guide to send you out on a on a Sippin uh, adventure. So we're starting to pick it up. Um, it's early days. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the, just like you said, it really is now, uh, up to the industry to make the case to the consumer that this is actually the place to park your dollars. And when you sit on the, when you park yourself on the patio to reach for an Alberta beer. All right. Well, Terry, stand by. We'll take a break here. We'll come back, continue this conversation about where the industry in Alberta is, where it's going and, uh, changes announced this week in government policy. Uh, Terry Rock is executive director of the Alberta Small Brewers Association. My name is Rob Breckenridge. We're back after this. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're speaking with Terry Rock. He's executive director of the Alberta Small Brewers Association. Um, so, I mean, things are moving in the right direction in Alberta. We've gone from about 19 breweries a couple of years ago, more than 40, and, and some in the, the planning stages, various stages of planning, I guess. But ideally, where would we be, Terry? When you look at where other provinces are at, is there a, the magic number for Alberta? You know, the number I sort of think about is 80 to 90 breweries at this point would be something that would be comparable to where, say, British Columbia is right now, where Ontario is. Um, if you look in the states, some of the states that have, where this has really taken off, they're massive, like massive numbers of breweries in the three, four hundred. So, wow. um, you know, it's um, I keep going back to the home and barley were the third highest consumer of beer per capita in the country. And there's no reason why more of that shouldn't be beer that is made by Alberta. And so when we're counting, I mean, that includes, uh, you know, a big player like Big Rock. But if yep. I open a brew pub and I make beer that I only serve in that pub, yep. that, I, that still counts, right? That's right. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we made a change so that you can, if you open a brew pub, you can package and that's happening now. You can sell it in yep. stores. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a big change, I, I yep. think, an important change so that yeah. breweries could establish 
their own pubs yep. and brew pubs could sell their stuff in stores. We're still working on the on the first one. We're st- working on the breweries yeah. being able to open their own restaurants. That still hasn't happened. We well, want to sell at yeah. farmers markets. You know, there's a lot of different things that we want to do that we. But don't see, have. and that stuff, that, those should be easy changes. Yes, right. I think they might be in. You know. Clearly, but part of that's AGLC, and part of it's you know their city they need regulations. Their city regulations. That's all workable. I mean, mm-hmm. we we now actually have pretty clearly a government that wants to grow this industry. I was I knocked on nine thousand doors in the last election and talked to people about about the economy here, and a very clear message was diversify the economy. And now we're working on it. Well, I mean, yeah, I know that's a popular word. When I when I heard the yeah. the finance minister say that yesterday, when he said this will allow brewers to diversify, I don't know, I wasn't sure what our that economy meant. to diversify. I think it's really, you know, I, I just keep. If it wasn't for these sort of ridiculous rules, I think Alberta would be a brewing powerhouse. I think when you look at the Calgary Stampede being started by A.E. Cross, who was a brewer, and you know, our history is in brewing, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be the brewing powerhouse in Canada, and that's where we're setting our sights. What about the culture here? I mean, we had a, an interesting debate right before Stampede about, you know, Budweiser's yep. grip on, on the Stampede and, you know, the, the perception that Alberta is a Budweiser kind of province. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What, what do you find? Is there a, a culture here? Is, 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 can craft beer thrive if, because people want it? Well... So let's differentiate a little bit between craft beer and Alberta beer. So I think that's um, that's something that we can do. You know, I think you were talking about about AGD, yeah, which is someone a, called is, in about actually craft yeah. beer. Right. It is it is made using a using a traditional technique, and and um, it's not made using syrups and rice and things like that. Um, but it's a nice, easy drinking easy drinking beer. Mm-hmm. This to me is an education process that we have to go through, and as over time, people are just going to get it. Um, and if we're price competitive, um, on a hot day, you're going to say, geez, I'd like, I just did that about an hour ago. I was on a patio and it was like a boiling or Kolsch was the perfect beer for today. And I know that I'll, people I was with didn't know that. And I ordered it for them and they enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, a job's a job. I mean, yeah. if InBev opens a factory in Edmonton or Calgary and you've got an assembly line of yeah. people packaging I mean, that, that's still Alberta, sure, but an Alberta I, brewing job. Absolutely. Um, the ratio of jobs, the number of jobs it takes to create a Budweiser compared to um, being able to take to create that boiling or a Kolsch is actually mind-blowing. So um, there's a factory in the U.S. that has 550 jobs, and it produces over 11 million hectoliters of beer. That's five times the Alberta consumption of beer mm-hmm. in one factory with 550 people. It's at least seven times the number of uh, jobs to create the same amount of craft beer and as high as 20 to 30. We sort of use seven to 10, depending on the sort of the, the scale of the Canadian breweries. It would be seven to 10 times more jobs. And the economic impact, I saw a study of Texas that said, but with 1% of the market share in Texas, 50% of the economic impact was coming from, from the craft beer industry. We don't have equivalent numbers yet for Alberta, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's the same because there's all those jobs um, they're paying income tax, they're paying other, they're using their, their GST and, and those kinds of things. It's all flowing. That's, the, that's why this industry is one that we think is strategic for the future of the province and will help to diversify the economy. Is there uncertainty about what the carbon tax is going to mean for, for the brewing industry? 
You know, we haven't really dug into that. I think it's, you know, sort of my look on that is that's a sort of going to lay across the whole economy. And Right, yeah. Um, but in the meantime, we're, we're pretty much out of time here, but uh, you, you sort of hinted that there's there's more coming in terms of not just promotion, but collaboration in the industry. There, there's a real sense of, of community, it seems, between yeah. these, which are essentially competitors. You know, we for the last year, for the first time, we got together to create Alberta Beer Weeks. Uh, this year, it's going to be September 23rd to October 1st, and we're going to really put an emphasis on helping people discover all of the breweries um, across the province. Uh, soon after that, we're doing something called the Unity Brew, where all the breweries come together and they yeah. brew a batch and we sell that. That's available. Um, and, you know, when I look at uh, the folks that are starting up, the existing breweries are bringing them under their wing, teaching them. These are competitors trying to gain shelf space, but they're helping each other grow. It's an amazing industry to be part of. Yeah, it's neat to see. Yeah. Uh, more at albertabrewers.ca. Uh, Terry, thanks for coming in here today. Thanks Appreciate for it. having me. Uh, that's Terry Rock, Executive Director of the Alberta Small Brewers Association. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.